welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing, Carol? Hey, what's up? How much? It's been a good week here. It is November 17th. 1995 we are getting closer and closer and closer to what the fuck how do you do the gobble of the turkey (laughs) oh my dear god is that what that was supposed to be (laughs) (laughs) oh that is so frightening thanksgiving you've never seen it that's how turkeys actually sound sure they're not all friendly they're (laughs) that's why we behead them and then eat them What's your favorite Thanksgiving side? My favorite Thanksgiving side? Uh, probably. Oh, goodness. That's my computer brain working. Um, no, it's probably macaroni and cheese. Hmm. What about you? Well, and homemade baked macaroni right. and cheese. I should uh, point out. Until you came into my life. Mm-hmm. It was um, the like sweet potatoes or yams casserole. Sure. With a close second being uh, green bean casserole. Okay. But now that I've had your macaroni and cheese, Mm. your macaroni and cheese for sure. Yes. He makes the best macaroni and cheese. Inspired by uh, black people that I know. (laughs) I don't know that I'd necessarily say it's black people macaroni and cheese because it's a little bit different kinds of cheese in there, but. Yeah, it's not, because I've had black people macaroni and cheese. It's amazing, but it's different. Black Thanksgiving is... Delicious. It, it, it destroys white Thanksgiving. <laughs> I want to get invited to a black Thanksgiving. Well, we we essentially, I mean, we kind of do sort of black Thanksgiving, but more black-inspired food. It's not even really 100% black. It's... It's mostly Southern. Black cuisine is basically Southern cuisine because that's... Soul food. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, it, I mean, it's not entirely... Like, it, it, in some aspects, it has its own spin. But like fried chicken and, you know, collard greens and mustard greens and stuff like that, that's Southern food. Right. That's not everyone's like, oh, black people like fried chicken and watermelon. It's like, no, everyone south of the Mason-Dixon line does. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? That's just... That's those are country country like southern staples, and most pe- most of the people who are you know most of the black people in this country came originally from Africa, obviously, but then also the South because they were you know, right. their family were slaves. So I have uh, certain relatives from Louisiana uh, after the slave stuff. They came after the <laughs> slaves. They weren't part of that. Um, but so you know, I like a lot of that stuff too, like. Uh, um, sausage and and gravy uh you know like biscuits and gravy like breakfast stuff Uh i love southern breakfast i I like um grits i like uh you know gross loaded hash browns and stuff like that chicken and waffles what are you loading the hash browns with usually it's onions and cheese uh stuff like that cheese is good green peppers sometimes the rest that no and then chicken a, and waffles? No, waffles, yes. Oh, you don't like chicken? Oh, I gotta, I gotta introduce you to some chicken and waffles. Well, I mean, I've never had it, but it just sounds. It's gross. a sweet, savory delight. Huh? But you don't like sweet and savory. Not usually, but this this works. You know, one time, just just so we so we know that black people talk about white people food too. Do they? Because <laughs> when I was um, walking out of work one day, there was these two ladies sitting on a bench. And she's like, "Ask her, ask her." And she's like, excuse me. And I was like, yeah. She's like, what do you eat with your pork chops? And I said, applesauce. And she's like, I told you. I told you. Yeah, see, I don't do that. And she's like, we don't do that. That is a white people thing. I was like, really? For sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see, I guess, I guess I'm more like, I guess, northern with the food. And you're more southern with the food because you said you don't do that. And that's the only way I've ever eaten pork chops. Well, you're also, your people are also from Scotland. Yeah. Like the whitest of the white. <laughs> I doubt you have any, like my, my family likely, we, we're not sure, but my, my family likely has some black ancestors. Okay. I don't think there's any black ancestors in your family. Yeah, I don't think so. Unless you go all the way back because of, because, you know, going back to the beginning, well, we, we all yeah. started out that way. But I mean, yeah, I'm so pale and practically translucent. So mm-hmm. yeah, I really doubt that. Yeah. 
Uh, I can see your heartbeat sometimes. <laughs> like E.T. style. Right. <laughs> Turn on your hot light. Uh, anyway, so news this week. Apparently, uh, you can go ahead and just secretly videotape whoever you want to. And you can use it. It's totally cool now. Wow. That sounds um, frightening. Yeah. Well, the use of a hidden camera by ABC News Magazine to spy on a witness in the O.J. Simpson trial is apparently you can't sue over that. The a flight attendant on one of on O.J.'s flights, I guess, the day that Nicole was killed, Nicole and Ron were killed by O.J. Simpson, most likely. Right. Uh, they she. You know, she didn't want to come forward. Like, so many of these people, they want to be on TV. They want to be, you know, she she gave her statement to police and everything, but she didn't want to be made a media circus out of or anything like that. Uh, apparently, I guess, hard copy and a current affair offered her a bunch of money for her story to, like, give an interview and stuff like that. She turned them down. She did not want her name out there or anything like that. And uh, a someone for an ABC affiliate... A uh, new uh, reporter went to her house, started talking to her about the case and everything. Was filming her secretly without wow. her without her permission, and then they used it. And she sued, and the judge said, "No, they can use it." That's crazy. Yep, you would think that there would be laws that you would, but both parties would have to consent, like a two party consent type thing for videotaping. If ever there comes a time when just any Tom, Dick, or Harry can videotape somebody, record somebody, uh-huh. and then put it out there for people to see. I mean, that's going to be a quagmire. A quagmire? A quagmire! Alrighty. Yeah. It's not good. We used to play football, uh, just like pick up football. Okay. <laughs> In uh, my friend Eric's little apartment complex. The, the, the apartment complex that he lived in, it was like a square, basically. The... The condos and the houses were all around this central courtyard, this big field with a tree and everything uh, in the middle of all these things. And we used to play football on this field. And it was like kind of snowy one day. It had rained. And, you know, we're we're running, you know, running and catching the football, tackling each other and stuff like that. We're slipping all over the place and we're destroying the grass kind of unbeknownst to us. But like. This mud's like, you know, just taking over every place. And this old guy comes out and he's like, what are you guys doing? We're like, we're playing football. He's like, he's like, you can't be on that field. Look at that quagmire. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of became an inside joke with us. And now with you. Yay. We get to share. <laughs> anyway, next news. Uh, no deal in there's going to be a government shutdown, Carol. What? Yeah, we talk. We we don't talk about politics very much because you know that's just not something that we do. We don't talk about uh, politics. We talk about fun entertainment stuff. But Bill Clinton uh, and the President of the United States and Newt Gingrich, Speaker of the House, apparently could not come to a deal on their budget. So there is no money left for the government to oh actually operate. So the government is going to shut down. So uh, it says for what, how long? I who knows till they make a deal. Till they make a deal on a budget to well, actually then make fund a the government. fucking deal. They've been trying, but they they they're not going well. So here's what to expect: is the running money runs out. Uh, air travel, air traffic controllers uh, keep working. So the you know the, because they're they're vital service. Uh, so they're going to keep working. Planes will keep flying. Customs checks will continue. Amtrak, the trains will keep running. So those people aren't going to get paid. Oh, fantastic for them. But I'm sure they'd love to volunteer their time. Well, what will probably happen is that they'll get back paid. So whatever they're working now, but they're not going to get a check for, I mean, this could, you know, who knows how long this could last. It could last a month and they don't get paid for a month. You know what? Probably would not cut it for me. Right. There is no way I would go to work on a probably I'd get paid eventually. Food inspections are going to continue. Uh, for us, particularly of interest to us, since we are now on the World Wide Web, we have a uh, a web page that you can go to, retrolating.com. Right. Uh, the Internet. Uh, 
Thomas, Congress's most, uh, let's see, most viable and heavily used Internet service operated by the Library of Congress will be taken offline. So will the other public computer links to the library. Wow. So uh, that's going to go offline. Law enforcement, all federal agencies stay on the job including border guards and federal prison guards. Federal courts may or stay open, uh, but civil trials will likely be postponed. Um, let's see, mail. Mail will still get delivered. Mail Me- always goes on. Right. Medicaid will continue uh, at least to the end of the year. Because Medicaid, Medicaid and Social Security are funded separately, and Medicare, they're funded separately mm-hmm. in separate bills, and they usually do through fiscal year, so that, that, those will be through the end of the year. Medicare payments will be uh, made to hospital bills. Uh, medical claims will be processed, but new applications for Medicare will be delayed. Oh, jeez. Military, uh, let's see, uniformed troops and essential civilian support stay on the job. Military recruiters are closed. Parks and museums, national park attractions uh, will be closed. So that is kind of some of the stuff that's going to happen. There are also like a ton of civil, like the State Department, the you know the the Defense Department, stuff like that. There's a ton of different civilian workers inside the government who essential employees to those departments like the state department and the defense department will continue to work. Some of them will be furloughed, some which means they'll lose their jobs temporarily. Uh, none of them will get paid until they decide to fund the government whenever that they decide to come together on a budget. So that's, that's the big thing is they want to stay, they, they don't want to spend too much. The new Gingrich is like, we're spending too much money. We want to, you know, balance the budget and Bill Clinton's like, um, I agree with you, but we need to spend money on like they're they're having dis- they're having disagreements on what exactly to spend money on. I think they shouldn't get paid until they come up with an agreement. I don't know if they do or not. That's a that's a that's an interesting question. I don't know if Congress continues to collect paychecks and the president continues to collect paychecks. Well, considering know. they're in charge of who writes the checks, I bet you they do. Yeah, probably. Assholes. But on to more uh, entertainmenty type stuff. Martha Stewart is going to be on Ellen's show, Ellen DeGeneres. Do you like Martha Stewart? She it's a good thing. She's uh uh I mean, she seems super cold yeah, to me. I don't care for her. But she's got all that like um, you know, we're going to make a uh, a wicker basket out of discarded uh, you know, like uh Chinese wrappers. She reminds me of Murphy Brown. What? <laughs> She reminds me of Murphy Brown. Oh, okay. I don't totally see that, but okay. All right. Well, she does. In what way does she remind you of Murphy Brown? Um, well, they're both, like, cold. And, you know, they're both, like, older ladies with, like, blonde hair. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Super. <laughs> I'm glad I asked now, because we, <laughs> inci- we got that incisive uh, <laughs> look into uh, exactly... How the world works. Oh, oh no, goodness. not the world. Just my brain. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. I call your brain the world. Wow. <laughs> I just want to say the world is a scary place. <laughs> Talking specifically about your brain. Uh, let's see. Led by ER's wild medical roller coaster ride with the George Cl- with George Clooney last week, NBC's powerful Thursday night lineup gave the network the highest rated night of regularly scheduled uh, series since 1989. ER got a 27.8 rating, a 45% share of the 10 p.m. audience. That means that roughly half of all televisions in America were tuned to ER. Wow, that is insane. That's about 48 million viewers. Uh, Crazy. It's the highest rated uh, regular series episode since May 17th, 1985, an episode of Dallas. Maybe we should have watched that. Instead of uh, what happily we, ever after, what we watched. Yeah, here's the thing too, because we've expanded now, right? We're what we're going to cover on happily ever after is a television program, a televisual program from one of the new networks, the WB. Uh so Warner Brothers uh, network there. So 
it's kind of crazy that even in this new landscape of expanded shows and a little bit more options that ER was able to, but everyone loves that George Clooney, right? Yeah, for sure. He's handsome. He's the new heartthrob. <laughs> we saw him in something last year, I think. I don't remember what don't it was. I don't remember either. Oh, no, I read a story about him because his dad was a uh, his dad was a newsman in Ohio. Okay. And he's uh, Rosemary Clooney's, like, nephew. That's right. Rosemary Clooney's his aunt. Who is that? Hey there, you with the stars in your eyes. Love never made a fool of you. You used to be two eyes. You don't, you don't know Rosemary Clooney? No, because I'm not a grandparent. She was a singer in the 1950s. Why do you know Rosemary Clooney? That's Why the wouldn't I question. know Rosemary Clooney? <sighs> a great songstress of her age. You know where I think I've seen George Clooney before? Where? On Roseanne. Oh, was he on Roseanne? Yeah, I think he played cards with Dan. Okay. I think he was on... And I think he was on, uh, what the hell is it called? The Facts of Life, maybe, too. Hmm, maybe. He looks somewhat familiar. You know what he was on? He what? was on this fucking awful television show called Baby Talk. Oh, yeah. It was like, it was like a, um, it wasn't a spinoff necessarily. I guess it was kind of a spinoff of Look Who's Talking. Right. Where the baby could talk. And I can't remember who did the voice of the baby. I think it was... Tony Danza, I think. Hmm. But oh my God, what an awful show. He was on it. Sounds bad. I think he was on it. I think the show lasted two seasons, maybe, or three seasons. And they went through several different casts because people kept leaving. Like George Clooney, I think, did maybe a season of it before he was like, he wasn't even famous at the time, but he was like, yeah, I'm better than this. (laughs) Hey, do me a favor. He was right. Do me a favor real quick. Scratch my back. (laughs) Over that way. That way. Oh, down a little bit. Down, 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 down. Up a little bit. Oh, 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 right there, right there. Ah. Oh, my leg's shaking. Mm. Oh, my Just gosh. like a dog. That was, uh, that was really itchy. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Anyway, so, Unhappily Ever After. Let's get into it. Do you want to, you want me to go through the plot of Unhappily Ever After so you can go through the plot of uh, the movie that we watched? I, I guess. That's what you want to do, apparently. So, I will say yes. What do you want to... Uh, are you a rape victim over there? Like, <laughs> what the she's fuck? got a she's got a blanket just like clutched around her. I'm cool. Like, imagine imagine a woman just like standing at a window, <laughs> looking uh, out to see if her war husband will ever come home, and she's got the like just clutched up to her neck. There's a like a uh, saucer of tea just smoking in the background behind her. Shut up. That's what she looks like right now. <laughs> I'm cold. The car is going to come through the fog. And it's November. Del- they're going to deliver that telegram. It's chilly. I'm sorry your husband has given his life for for the cause of American freedom. Anyway, so we watched Unhappily Ever After. We did. We did. Let me tell fin- you. Huh? No, good. Yeah. No, you go ahead. <laughs> I finally got to see Nikki Cox. That's all I was going to say. Yeah, what did you think? Um, she's really pretty, but she's not as pretty as I've heard. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think the Kelly Bundy, who she is obviously supposed to be in this show, Mm -hmm. is way prettier. I totally disagree. Really? Yes. I couldn't disagree more. Really? Christina Applegate is is not as attractive to you as Nikki Cox. I think that Nikki Cox is way prettier. First of all, she's got red hair, which I like better than blonde. Okay, I'll give you that. Like, easily. And she's curvier, you know. Is she? Oh, yeah. I don't think so. See, I, I I don't think they were necessarily putting her in the best clothes in this episode. Okay. But... She's curvier. Trust me. Well, I mean, if that's true, then maybe. Yeah, we'll have to watch another episode. Yeah. Anyway. They should just dress her like Kelly. Yeah, well, sometimes they do. Hmm. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't, you know. Okay. I don't know exactly who runs the wardrobe in this show. (laughs) Maybe she picks out her own stuff. I don't know. She needs to dress like Donna. 
She does it. Yeah. That, yeah. That would be better. But she, here's the thing. She doesn't, um, and unlike Kelly Bundy, she's actually like an actual genius. Right. In the guise of the show. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if Nikki Cox is in real life or not, but, uh, but in the show, she's like genius level IQ. And the young son is smart too. The middle son played by Kevin Connolly is a moron. And that's he's the, he's the dumb one. Yeah, he's got his little brother doing his homework. They start off this episode with the dad and the mom talking about what a dumbass he is because he's got all like D's and F's on his report card, and then you, we pan over and he's on the opposite end of the couch listening to everything, yeah. which is the joke. But the way it's the way it's framed and the way it's shot, it really kills the joke. It was not funny. No, it doesn't. It doesn't sell the joke the way the joke needs to be sold. And the audience didn't react to it either. Cause the, uh, pro- presumably because the audience couldn't see him the entire time sitting there. Right. So it's not a shock to them. <laughs> That's true. But anyway, uh, this, yeah, this is, as, kind of as you pointed out, this show is clearly a Married with Children clone. Mm-hmm. It's in its second season right now. I've watched a few episodes of it already. This is the first episode you've seen of it. As you kind of indicated, first time you've seen Nikki Cox. Yes. And the talking bunny rabbit. <laughs> yeah, so the thing is, is that they don't really talk about it, but I guess the dad is just a schizophrenic because he's the only one that sees this this bunny rabbit talk and he, he I guess, knows that it's, that it's not real, which is weird for which a schizophrenic. very weird. But nobody else can see it or hear it. It does not seem like a normal way to be crazy. Also, the yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's a very crazy way to be crazy. But the, the bunny reads letters from the audience at the end, I guess, too. I, I like I don't I don't quite get that. Huh. That's that's even weirder. And they there's a whole section in the middle of this episode where they spend like five minutes him talking to this bunny that's that's voiced by Bobcat Goldthwaite. From the police academy movies, <laughs> and what? What? Why are you laughing? I'm not. Wait! All of a sudden, you're just uh, the world is a, a is a scary place. That's, that's for sure. See how this uh, this works out. Oh, shut up! I, I don't understand the world. <laughs> Me either. Yeah, that's clear. <laughs> anyway, so so they spend like five minutes talking to each other, and he tells this long story about going out with Barbie right? and then cheating on Barbie with her little kid sister Skipper or whatever. Gross. Because because GI Joe and Barbie start going out or whatever. And I'm like, the whole time I'm thinking, the, the show has time for this. Right. How does the show have time for this? <laughs> it's a very good question. I guess because the plot's pretty simple. Yeah. So they say to him, they say to this kid, dumbass, if you want to... Oh, the other thing I was going to say before we get into the plot is that the one thing that made this kind of unique, other than the fact that he's insane... Uh, the dad, played by Jeff Pearson, who you said is on some other show. Yeah, he plays Jimmy on Grace Under Fire. That is very hilarious. But uh, why? why? It's not hilarious. I, I don't know why it's hilarious. It's just it's good. It's a small world. It's a small world after, after all. all. So you know that song. I do. That song's from around the same time as Rosemary Clooney is. But it's also at Disney World. Well, Hollywood is the happiest place on earth to me. <laughs> the Hollywood of the 1940s. There you go. Um. Anyway, so the one thing that made it kind of different was that in the first season, they get divorced. Like, very first episode. Oh, wow. She's like, get out. And the theme song is the hit the road, Jack, which makes sense. Right. Because she's like, our marriage is dissolved. Get out. He lives in an apartment, was going crazy. Talk to this fucking bunny rabbit, right? So, like, all of those elements kind of make sense. Right. Um, But then they were just like, nah, we want them back together. So they got back together, and they reconciled. And they now, reconciled? That's right. They reconciled. All right. And now he, just, now he just has this bunny rabbit in the basement. 
It's very to weird. To talk to. But, so they say to their, their son, they're like, you got to get a B. You, you drunk over there? What is going on? <laughs> you looked like you wanted to say something. Then you changed your mind. I didn't. Okay. <laughs> Just fuck? don't look at me. Holy shit. <laughs> what were you doing in the bathroom? So that, was there was that smoke I saw coming out of the green smoke pouring out of the uh, bottom of the door? What the hell? I wish. <laughs> At least you'd have an excuse then. Right? Anyway, so they say you got to get a B or you're not going to be able to drive your, the car anymore. So those are the stakes. <laughs> He's got to get a B or he can't drive their car anymore. Um. So he goes and tries to get a B. No, I mean, his little brother was helping him. Yeah. Yeah, that was the, the joke at the beginning. His little brother was helping His little brother was helping him do his homework, but he was bombing all the tests because his little brother couldn't take the test. That's why he was getting bad grades. Right. So he needs to get a B on his own in a class. Yep. <laughs> what the fuck? What? I don't. I wish you would stop. What? Stop <laughs> expecting you to host the show with me. I, I am hosting the show with you. You're dancing over there. <laughs> and just remaining mute. <laughs> I don't remember that much about what happened in the middle of the episode. I know, because of the smoking in the pot, I know. <laughs> anyway, so he uh you know, he like he goes through different um different classes and he's like i'm gonna try to get a b and they do this this running joke where he's in french class and he turns to the girl sitting next to him he's like is that english yeah they, and, they do that for too long and then it's economics class and he's like is that english and then it's english class and he goes no i know that's not english and it's just like yeah it's not funny it was slightly amusing but too long just like you said the show waste time yeah, it really tries to milk its jokes. Uh, and then, what's his name? The dad is like, how can Tiffany be so smart? That's Nikki Cox. Right. How can she be so smart and my daughter? And Mr. Floppy, the bunny rabbit, says, uh, she's not. You know, obviously your wife cheated on you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where the fuck that's coming from. Isn't his younger son, though, pretty smart, too? Yeah. So why? I don't know. I mean, like, does he think that he is an idiot and he can only produce idiot offspring? In which case, then he should be not claiming both of them. Yeah, I agree. Okay. But they think he thinks briefly that it's the mailman. But it's not the mailman because the mailman's gay. But he beats up the mailman. He like punches the mailman in the face because he's like. I mean, they they really rub it in his face. The mailman comes. I don't know who does this. But the mailman comes and she's Tiffany says, hi, pops. Yeah. And then they hug and then they stay like with their arms around each other. He's like, oh, you're growing up so, so uh, well and stuff like that. And he calls the mom gorgeous the whole time until we find out he's gay. The whole time I'm I'm thinking like he's definitely trying to fuck that daughter. Like what the hell is going on? Like. Well, and he also had uh, given her a book to read and they were discussing some book that they like to read. Metamorphosis by Franz Kafka. Yeah. So, so then, yeah, he punches him in the face and she comes back in and he's like all triumphant and stuff. And she's like, oh man, he'd get so many women if he wasn't gay. <laughs> and then he like goes, he's like, oh, I love gay guys. <clears throat> Come back. So the mailman never comes back. Apparently never, never delivers, comes back, never delivers their mail. Doesn't hand it off to anybody else. Just decides he's not going to do his job anymore. Like that's legal for sure. <laughs> and then. All, all their shit gets shut off at the same time. Yeah. Electricity, water, uh, with comedic timing, just all at once. We can speak from experience. It does not work like that. Can we? Yeah. Okay. I can. I guess maybe you can't. All right. Um. Anyway, <laughs> so then, uh, what's his name? The kid, the young son, not the young son, the middle son, is giving a speech at school. In his civics class about how, you know, like, teachers are unappreciated and they should just shoot themselves. 
His teacher takes out a a bottle of vodka, <laughs> just starts doing shots. Right while he's while he's talking, and eventually she's like, "If you just shut up now, I'll give you a B." That's the kind of teacher I want to be. And then he's like, "Okay," and then he sits down, and then he gets his B. He worked real hard for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's it. Tiffany's the guy's daughter, I guess. And, yeah, the kid got a B. It's maybe the most simplistic show I've ever seen in my life, but Nikki Cox is fun to look at. I was just going to say, but you got Nikki Cox, so. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, we're not watching that show anymore. No, because of Nikki Cox? You're well, if jealous. that's the only reason you want to watch it, then yeah. There is no other. It's not that funny. So That's the thing. Like, I can't really. <laughs> There's only so many ways to say something just isn't funny. It's just not funny. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I'm sorry I can't give a like an incisive, in-depth uh, look into the show, everybody, but it's just not that funny. Yeah, it's not very good. Married with Children is much better. Yes, I like. We should do another episode of that sometime. Sure. So we went to the movie theater, though. We did, and we saw the American President. We did, and I loved it. Bill Clinton. We saw he was he was, <laughs> he was watching the movie with us. Right. We ran into him in line getting popcorn. Mm-hmm. No. He said, I love this movie. <laughs> it's so good. I feel their pain. Actually, uh, Michael Douglas, though, is in this movie. Michael Douglas is in this movie. He's, he's kind of nice to look at. Yeah, he's fine. Just like uh, President Clinton. Sure. Annette Benning's also in the movie. Yeah. The woman that convinced Warren Beatty to stop chasing tail. She's not as good looking, though. She's got a pretty face. As Michael Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, she's got a pretty face, but I, I don't know. I don't like her hair. It's too short. Yeah. Well, you know. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> That's what this show's be- to just come down to. Hair hair and dresses. That's <laughs> all we talk about now. No. So, <clears throat> the show starts out with Annette Benning um, getting hired by this environmental company, to lobby the president mm-hmm. to push a bill through that will reduce carbon emissions by 20%. That's right. And he Save the planet! He says he can only push it through for 10%. Mm-hmm. But if she gets... There's 30, they're 34 votes shy. If she gets 24 votes, he'll get her the last 10. And the, the White House... We'll put the full weight of its support behind it, and because they they just found out that they have a sixty three percent approval rating, there you know they're... which he wants to take out for a spin. Well, he doesn't. Oh no, that's Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox wants to take it out for a spin. Michael Douglas <laughs> wants to uh, just do like be very bland and keep his job. He wants to yeah use it to get reelected, but yeah, so he's obviously you know a well liked president, mm-hmm. and um, he's a widower. Which comes up a lot. You know who wrote this movie? Hmm. Aaron Sorkin. Okay, what else did he write? I recognize that name. He wrote A Few Good Men. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. And I, I think this is a great movie. Did you enjoy it? I like this movie. Yes, I did. I enjoyed this movie. So he's got a 12-year-old daughter? Mm-hmm. Icebox from Little Giants. <laughs> it's so weird. And... um when Annette Benning goes and she's like, you know, meeting with the, not even the president, he's meet, she's meeting with some of his staff. He happens, she's meeting with Martin Sheen. Yeah. AJ is his character's <laughs> name. She ha- He happens to come in and she doesn't see him mm. and she's talking about smack about the president. It's the classic, he's right behind me, isn't he? Right. <laughs> it's pretty bad. And he is just enamored of her mm. right away. And she's just like foot and mouth, uh, trying to. She has know, foot and mouth disease. Yeah, get out of what she said, and he steers her away and into the Oval Office mm-hmm. to ask her out. Well, not ask her out. Not he didn't ask her out then. He kind of does, doesn't he? Doesn't he say like, um, "Do you want to get some coffee or a donut?" Or yeah, he want to get a donut. And then she thinks that he's patronizing her. Well, the look on her face is hilarious because he says that, and then. It's a classic Jack Benny, like, pregnant pause where there's mm-hmm. just silence and she just kind of looks at him like, what? Like she's trying to figure him out. Yeah. yeah. 
We have a few of those here on the show, but you still <laughs> get to see them because it's an auditory medium. Right. So that Theater does... of the mind. <laughs> so that does not go great. Then she tries to walk out the wrong door. Like, she's just so humiliated by the time she Well, leaves. she does kind of, she doesn't talk smack, but she's like, you know, hey, we're going to get this legislation passed, and blah, 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 blah and if you don't want to do this, then then we're going to find a new a new presidential candidate. Yeah, she's pretty, in, talking pretty big. Before New Hampshire, and that's what we're going to do. And she goes to walk out the door, and he's like, you can't do that. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, you watch me. He's like, no, if you leave there, you're going to get tackled by that. Secret Service, because that's a closet. It's my private uh, office. Private office, yeah. Which I always thought the white or the Oval Office would be the president's private office, but I guess not. I think that's the official office. Not every president makes the Oval Office their their office. I guess. Really? I don't think. Well, maybe maybe now, but like I don't think that was a an official thing way back when. But I think maybe now probably it is. Okay. But that's like the official office. So they take like state meetings and stuff like that in there where they'll, they'll sit on that couch and, you know, and they maybe they do. He does, does, does a lot of work there and stuff like that. But the personal office, I would think, would be more like kind of, you know, personal affairs and stuff like that. Where he wants to go hide, where he should have gone when he tries to, uh, you know, buy her flowers. Where he writes a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> where he where he writes a letter to, uh, you know, his beloved uh, from the battlefield or something. Right, right. It is balmy in Washington. <laughs> How are things morrow in, in the lair? So there's a lot of good comedy in this movie. and um, Yeah, there's some. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a laugh out loud comedy. It's more of a... Like, it's a, I don't know, it's like an understated kind of comedy. Okay, well. It's, it's a, it's, it's Clapter. It's, you know, that, very good, very nice, yes. One of my favorite scenes, though, is when he actually does succeed in asking her out. Where oh, really? He, he calls her, mm-hmm. and she's at her sister's house, and she thinks he's Richard. Who the hell is Richard? We never truly find out. Richard, I'm assuming an ex-boyfriend. Richard Chamberlain. No. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Richard Dreyfus. I mean, she thinks Richard Dreyfus is in this movie. She thinks it's it's the actor Richard Dreyfus sure. who happens to look exactly like the senator that's in this movie. But no, she's on the phone with some dude named Richard and she's like, no, I don't want to hear your President Shepard impersonation, Richard. And then she hangs up and then he calls and it's him. So she thinks it's Richard doing the impersonation. I missed that part. Yeah. That it was set up like that. I thought she just made the assumption. No, it's somebody that she works with. Okay. So, yeah, so she's like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, I, I'm sorry I didn't tell you you had such a nice ass. And, right. You know. I don't think it's Frasier's dad who's in this movie, but. What? Frasier's dad. Frasier's dad's her boss. It's the one that hires oh, her. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. So he says, okay, I want you to hang up and call the White House and, mm-hmm. you know, blah, 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 to prove that it's actually him. Right. And then she's embarrassed again. Mm-hmm. That's funny. But, it is funny. But is it laugh out loud funny? Yeah. It's more of a circumstantial funny. I don't know. It's my kind of humor. All right, good. I guess I have to pay attention to whether I'm laughing out loud or not when I'm entertained. Well, are you ever entertained when you listen to our show, or, or are you ever entertained when you're doing our show? Yeah. All right, well, Sometimes. Find, find out if you laugh out loud, then. I did a lot of laughing out loud today. Did you? Yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> he takes her to a, what, some kind of dinner. A state dinner. Yeah. The, uh, the French have elected a new president. So she's sitting at the table with the president and then the French president and his wife yeah. and other, you know, important people. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, his like all his people are like, oh, you can't do this. You don't want to do this. You can't date this woman. You can't bring this woman to this, you know, dinner and stuff like that. It's not going to be good. It was supposed to be his cousin. And then she got the flu. Mm-hmm. How is it better for him to go on a date with his cousin? It's not a date with his cousin. It's just like that's who's accompanying him. Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't think that. I think him going solo would be better than bringing his cousin. Well, I think yeah. that makes him look like a dork. <laughs> I'm going to prom with my cousin, everybody. Right? Let me ask you a question. Do you think that it would be a big deal if the president was dating? Mm, no. 
I don't really either. I mean, like if people are like, oh, this is going to affect his job performance. And, you know, I don't know, maybe uh, when he's fucking her, he's going to give her nucle- the nuclear codes or something. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't get exactly. They, no one ever says what the problem is with him dating this woman. I don't get it. Well, I, OK, I do get the thinking it could mess with his job performance because, you know, when you're newly in a relationship, it takes up a lot of your focus. <laughs> What? It's true. just thinking about how thinking about how busy a president is. Just being like, uh, I just can see Michael Douglas laying uh, stomach down in a bed with his with his legs up, like uh, you know, <laughs> rocking back and forth, twirling the phone cord, and being like, uh, "Oh yeah, I was supposed to call the premier of Russia back today, but." <laughs> I just wanted to buy some bubble gum with you. Like it's, I mean, obviously he's, he's going to do the job of president. He's got to. Well, I mean, he does spend time trying to uh, send her flowers and sending her a Virginia ham because he insists on doing it himself. Mm -hmm. What the fuck was that? He wants it to be special. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would still be special, whatever. I think that was kind of a dumb move. I mean, he asked, where are my credit cards? Because he wanted to pay for it himself. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're like uh, logged up with all your other personal belongings in a storage unit in Wisconsin, right? which is apparently where he's from. <laughs> it's so funny. I don't see I, that shit's funny to me. I guess, yeah. He I laughed to, out loud. He wants to. He <laughs> wants to send her the state flower of Virginia, which he doesn't know what it is. It's and the dogwood. Yeah, he asked the florist, and then they don't know. And he's he's got people in the White House. Investing time and figuring out what the state flower is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it's, a waste. Whatever. I guess. It doesn't it doesn't take that long, really? <laughs> I don't know. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's the flowering dogwood. But they don't have any dogwoods. So it's like, well, I don't know. What about roses? Yeah. That's a, that's a classic. He wants us under two dozen roses, mm-hmm. which is overkill. Like, Do you think way so? overkill. Yeah. How, how? What's the exact right amount of roses? Um, After a first date? Like, no more than 12, but, I mean, honestly, like, one would be One rose. But it'd have to be hand-delivered. What about uh, when someone gets you 11 roses, and it's like, and they say, like, you're the 12th rose? That's cute. I think that's cute. But I'd want to know what happened at the 12th rose. You can just order 11 roses, I think, right? No. Well, then you eat one. I don't know. (laughs) Can you plant a rose? Mm, I don't think so. Mm, all right. Rose bushes. Yeah, I know, but I'm. Does the seed, the flowering part, or whatever the part that grows, does that exist in the flower, in the actual flower, or is that part, or is that part they cut off? I, I don't know, honey. All right. You weirdo. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what to do with this with this twelfth rose. But anyway, he finally you give it to your mistress. He finally You're like just, this is all you're worth. He finally decides he's going to send her two dozen roses. Mm. He gets on the phone with the florist. He can't pay for the stuff because he doesn't have his credit cards. He's telling them to bill it to the White House, and they hang up on him. Right. Because he's an idiot, because he should have known better. Right. (sighs) Anyway, (laughs) what they have a problem with, I think, is more when she spends the night, because then you're talking about family values. I suppose. I mean, that was the big, you know, talking point. Family values. Yeah. Yeah. And it was only their the third 90. date. Well, yeah, but the third dates—that's the date, right? Third date for the, the sex president date. with you know a daughter and everything. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I think it should there's be a, longer. There's a sliding scale if you're a, if you're a senator and you have a son, <laughs> then it's the fifth date. But if you're the president and you've got a daughter, twelfth date. Well, here's the thing too, though. It's it's very rare for a president to be single. Yeah. It's not a problem that comes up often. Woodrow Wilson uh, dated while he was in the White House, and James Buchanan is the only bachelor president we've ever had. Was he gay? Most likely, yes. Yeah. <laughs> also the worst president we've ever had. Usually when you hear an old-timey person referred to as a bachelor, it means they're gay. Yeah, his I believe his little sister did most of the like first lady duties. Okay. You know? Like hosting the state dinners and stuff like that. Hmm. I think. I don't know. Nobody's doing it now. Maybe his cousin. 
Oh, you're talking about you're talking about the movie. I was gonna yeah, say no, I'm not talking Hillary's about Hillary. <laughs> what are you talking about? Maybe Bill Clinton wishes he was a bachelor president, <laughs> right? But he's not. He would get so much tail if he was though, because he he is like handsome. He plays a saxophone, you know. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think he'd do well. Yeah, I know. I got to keep you away from Bill Clinton <laughs> if he ever comes to town. Well, you know, I think he is uh, speaking. <laughs> oh, you've got a schedule. You got a schedule uh, printed out and uh, taped on your hope chest. Laminated, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, You'd leave me for Bill Clinton, wouldn't you? Fuck no. <laughs> All right, well, I wouldn't leave you for Hillary. Thanks. Nikki Cox. I Good don't know, to know. Baby. Oh, I see. <laughs> well, you know, Luke Perry, so. What? <laughs> Um, so, okay, he does have a political rival, uh, Rumsfeld, is that his name? Something like that, Bob Rumson. Rumson, I don't It's know. funny because there is a Rumsfeld in real life, hmm. Donald Rumsfeld. He was the, fuck, I think he was, um, he worked in the Nixon administration, I believe, and I think he was in George H.W. Bush's cabinet or something, or Ronald Reagan's cabinet. I don't know. But okay. he was, yeah, he was, he served in positions in, in Republican administrations of the past. Okay, but that's not who he's uh, he's going up against. No, here. it's Bob Rumson. Yeah, Bob Rumson is also running for president of the opposing party, which that's I Richard Dreyfus. Imp- I think he says he's with from the GOP, so that's Republicans, yeah. right? Yeah, he's. It's pretty clear that Michael Douglas is a Democrat and Bob and Richard Dreyfus is a Republican. The so. actual actors. <laughs> And so, you know, they're going back and forth. They dig up dirt on Sydney. Like, you know, she apparently, like, burned a flag. That's Annette Benning, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's her name. His girlfriend. Sydney Ellen Wade. So. <clears throat> a movie name if I ever heard one. <laughs> but. Yeah, she burned a flag at some events before, and maybe she traded sex for votes. Yeah, that's I don't know Richard, what the hell. Richard Dreyfus just makes that up out of nowhere. Yeah, so they're dragging her all through the mud, and the president wants to, like, not get into a character debate, so mm. he's not saying anything, and yeah. it's not good. Yeah. But, you know, eventually, he uh, he stands up for himself. <laughs> what? You kind of sound like you're getting ready for a lobotomy. <laughs> what the fuck? Because you're just like, <laughs> yeah, and eventually he stands up for himself. <laughs> yep, eventually he does. He gives a big speech. Well, it's because... Uh, I am the American president. He actually gets uh, broken up with because... Yeah, he, see, he, you he might breaks... want to explain the actual uh, you know, drama and conflict of the movie. He breaks his promise to Sydney that he would get her the remaining boats that she needs because he needs three more boats for his big crime bill. Um, right. So he takes three votes from her. Yeah. In using, Michigan, here in Michigan. Yeah. Using uh, insider information that she gave him. One thing they say that's pretty ridiculous to me is she's talking about the 20% emissions, right? And she's like, you know that in the election you need California's California where they make planes and Michigan where they make cars. Now... I guess, you know, this, we voted for Reagan, and I think we vote, yeah, we voted for H.W. Bush. Um, you know, George, we voted for George Bush. Um, we as in the state of the Michigan. The state of Michigan, yes. But we, we voted for Bill Clinton in 92. So, I mean, yeah, I guess we could go either way as a state. We could either vote for the Republican or, or the Democrat. Uh, we've kind of shown a propensity to do that as a state. So when they say, like, you need Michigan, I will grant that. But California? When was the last time California voted for a a Republican? Yeah, I guess you could kind of assume they just have California. You would think because California voted for Ronald Reagan twice because because Ronald Reagan was from California. Mm-hmm. Um overwhelmingly in, in in a in two elections that Ronald Reagan won pretty handily. But I don't even think I I'm, I'd have to look it up, but I don't I don't think they voted for George Bush, and 
that was Reagan's vice president. Wow. And George Bush won that election by a lot in 88. Okay. Uh, and I think they even voted Democrat. Like, they generally vote for the Democratic candidate. So I don't, I don't know. I don't think, like, California's a, a, that big of a question mark to me. Okay. That makes sense. Anyway, so I just, I take a little, little uh, not offense, but I take uh, umbrage with that, I guess. I don't know. But when he screws Sydney over, she gets fired from her job. Yeah, because, you know, she was dating the president. And she didn't get what she wanted. Like, uh, Frazier's dad's like, uh, you know, ah, you're, you're sleeping with a guy and you still don't get your votes. You know, get out of here. <laughs> you're a loser. And so she's going to move back to Virginia. I think she was going to Connecticut. I oh, think. yeah, Connecticut. You're right. To, with Richard. I wonder if she would have ended up with Richard. Oh, I don't know. He does a good, uh, let's see how good a impersonation he does of uh, President Shepard. Right. I can even make my dick seem like his. <laughs> so that's when he is finally motivated to stand up to Bob Rumsenfeld, <laughs> whatever. Bob Rum- Rumson. Bob Rum. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Richard but, Dreyfus. Yeah, he does this big impassioned speech, and and he goes for the twenty percent emissions, even though he said he wouldn't. He's anymore. like, "We're gonna get rid of I, we're, the crime bills out." And he's gonna do. I'm it. gonna write a better crime bill because we're gonna, you know, we we can't fight crime unless we take uh, the assault rifles and handguns. You know, I'm gonna get the guns. Fuck you, people. So yeah, it's it's. The main issues of the day, I guess, are uh, the environment and gun violence, it sounds like. Well, the environment's a pretty big issue right now, I suppose. And at least for, you know, a certain section of the population. Right. And gun violence, yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, they talked about it on uh, Beverly Hills Now 2 and 0 yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit, I mean, it's it's not a huge issue, but it's a little bit of an issue, I guess. So... They get back together, though. Sydney hears his speech, and she loves him, and she drives back, and they hug, and, you know, they're just going to end up together, and it's awesome. Yeah. I loved it. It was good. What it's a good thoughts? movie. I pretty much gave my thoughts, I think. <laughs> I, it was, it was, it's a good movie. It's entertaining. It's funny. You know, it's sweet. It's, it's, the, it's a, it's a romantic comedy with some politics painted over the top of it. Yeah. It's it's very cute. And I like politics, and I like romantic comedies when they're done well. And I think this was pretty good. Yeah. A Few Good Men is a better movie, but... Not a romantic comedy. No, not at all. <laughs> but Rob Reiner directed this movie. I'm pretty sure Rob Reiner directed A Few Good Men as well. Oh, okay. So he's worked with Aaron Sworkin a couple times now. Cool. And I, I you know, I get the impression that... Aaron Sorkin likes the this government type stuff because you know a few good men had some politics in it, but all that military stuff and everything, yeah. and then you know this is you know politics, but also people and stuff. So right. it seems like he's interested in that kind of stuff. So we'll oh. have to watch out for his career. Yeah, see what else he does. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's about it, right? That's about it. All right. Well, why don't you tell the people uh, if you if you can find the words? Why don't you tell I, I will find the words. All right, so you can write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com. You can visit our website at retrolatefee.com. Mm-hmm. You can go ahead and put some stars up on our locker and yeah. you know make, make big signs to tell people all about how much you love our show. Do it. Bye.